Well, you're going to have to wait. Sharon looked at my notes. She helps me fix up some stuff. And if you, if you did not, did everybody get a handout this morning on, on what happens in a week? Did you get one of these? If you didn't get one, there's plenty on the table back there. There's stuff in the bulletins. Take one. It's called the challenging week. How many of you have ever had a tough week? Come on. How many of you have ever had a really tough week? I'm going to have to come over here a minute. How many of you have ever had a really, really tough week? You had a flat tire. You ran out of gas. Your car broke down. Nothing went right. Right? But we think those are tough weeks, right? How would you like to have had a stroke and had to drive yourself to the hospital and were so weak you couldn't get out of your vehicle and you couldn't call anybody to come and help you so you struggled into the hospital? That happened this week. Tough week. We go through physical things. We go through mental things. I got to tell you, something was going on this morning. The electronics did not want to work. And some people blame me because I touched it last night. But trust me, Sue said it wasn't me. But we go through challenges, don't we? Sharon looked at my notes and she says, you can't possibly cover all that scripture. And I said, it takes about two hours just to read it if you start in the beginning of it and go through. But imagine the King of Kings. Almost every, every song that we did this morning talked about the King. We started, what was the, don't look at your bulletins. Do not look down, I will know. What was the first song that we did? Take time to be holy. When you go through difficult times, you go through struggles. You know, I'm one, I don't like to be late. I've never liked to be late. In the military, you always showed up early and you, you hurried up and waited. If you were in the military, you know, that was their motto, hurry up and wait. You never wanted to show up to anything late. You know, sometimes it happens, though. You, have a, you come out and the tire's flat on the car. Or you go to crank the car over and it won't start. You ever had that happen? We, we stopped in the bottom. Anybody know where Salt River Canyon is? Nope, y'all don't get out much. Salt River Canyon is so deep, there is no cell phone reception in it. And it's in the middle of the Indian Reservation in Salt central, southern, central Arizona, and the chief of the Indian tribe that it's on their land will not allow a cell phone in there. Or not a cell phone, but a, a hard line. I think they finally got one. We pulled in one day for a restroom break, came out and the truck wouldn't start. We're in nowhere. Literally, it's nowhere. The truck won't start. I'm like, ugh. Yeah, I was, <laughs> we were on our way to vacation, and the truck won't start. And sitting next to me, pulls in a motorcycle, a big motorcycle, but it's awful quiet. 
guy gets off and he starts looking down and the dry belt had broke coming down into the canyon so he coasted in and he's sitting there and I got the hood up and I'm watching him and I this has nothing to do I mean this is just one of those times that you've got to stop and say God why is this happening I'm on my way to vacation and my truck dies in the middle of nowhere I look over at him I said how you doing not bad Fixed the motorcycle today and told my wife, let's go for a little ride. And she said, I don't want to go. And he said, no, let's go for a little ride. They got on the motorcycle in Phoenix, Arizona, drove out to Salt River Canyon, and the dry belt breaks. There is not a motorcycle shop in the bottom of the Salt River Canyon. There's not a motorcycle shop within an hour to an hour and a half from where he broke down. And I said, well, we'd, we'd give you a ride, but my truck won't start. So we talked a minute, and I said, you know, let's just get in it. And I turned the key, and the truck started. They got in the truck, we drove on. We ended up picking up another guy that had broke down along the way. And I don't, I don't do this. I don't do this. It's not me. Turned out the first couple were believers. We had a great time. Changed information and have never heard from them. It's not a big deal. God put them in our path, and we had to just, and I was in a hurry. But we need to sometimes just take time. And sometimes that flat tire, that car not starting, is God saying, just stop and take time to reflect on me. Take time to be holy. The kids this morning, wasn't that good? They talked about Ooh, M's, it's not candy. Okay. They talked about the King of Kings riding into town on a donkey. You remember the story from Scripture? How did, where'd that donkey come from? Hey, Jim, I need, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to go across the street to Kenny's house and hotwire his truck. I need to go for a ride this afternoon. It's right there. It's that blue Chevy up in that driveway. Could you go do that for me? Oh, okay. I'm sure you could Google that. Of course, you'd have to break the steering column. But Christ told the disciples he's with the 12. Remember, we're in Mark chapter 10. Uh, yeah, kind of, 11 probably by now. But he tells the, the 12, he tells the disciples, go into town and you'll find tied up. Now how did he know this donkey was there? Well, but he'd been there before. If you look at it, he'd been there not long before and he knew there was donkeys in there. He said, go get me a donkey. And they're like, huh, we're going to go steal this dude's donkey? And he said, if they ask, tell them, I'm in need of it. And they said, take it. Remember, this is the final week. This is probably Friday, two days ago, when he's coming into town. We're, we're just going to speculate on what day of the week it is, but what did I put on the sheet? 
Oh, Sunday, the triumphal entry, chapter 11, verses 1 to 11. And we'd actually talked the other day about uh, Jesus foretelling of his death in chapter 10. And then in 11, we see his triumphal entry. Did he know what was going to happen? Sure he did. He knew what was going on. But he told his disciples, go get this donkey and I'm going to come into town. Now why didn't he ride in on a horse? He'll be coming in, he'll be coming on a horse the next time as a warrior. But he's coming in as a humble king on this donkey. Not on that donkey, folks. And then, as he's coming into town, what does he do? Look at your outline. They'd come to Bethany. He was hungry. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see it for to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. So it wasn't time for them to be on the tree. But in, in response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. So they came to Jerusalem. Jesus went into the temple and began to drive out those. Has he got a tough week? He comes into town. He's hungry. Finds this tree, nothing on it, curses the tree, but then he goes in and what does he find in the temple? He finds them being disrespectful in the temple. He came to Jerusalem, and so, verse 15 of chapter 11. So they came to Jerusalem. Then Jesus went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he would not allow anyone to carry wares through the temple. Then he taught, saying to them, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer? We talked Wednesday night about the importance of prayer. Is that not what he was teaching the disciples when they couldn't heal that boy? My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of thieves. Now, some people say, well, you know, he never got upset. Right? He went, he went, in, he went into the temple and they were changing money. And he went, oh, you shouldn't do that. And he took the table and just tipped it over gently. Is that what you think he did? Anybody think that? I don't think so. I think they knew real full well where he was with those tables. Tough week. Comes into town, finds out that the temple is being used for things that are not what it was supposed to be for. And then the scribes and the chief priests heard it and sought how they might destroy him, for they feared him. I love that. They feared him. 
because all the people were astonished at his teaching. The people were astonished at his teaching. But what does he have to do? Who's he with? He's with the 12, right? What does he do most of the rest of that week? He's teaching them. And I don't even think they fully understood what all was happening. In verse 20 of chapter 11, Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots, and Peter remembered, remembering said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God, for surely I say to you, whoever says to the mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against one, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you for your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. How much faith does it take to move a mountain? Not, not a lot. But do we have that kind of faith? Do we have faith that God can move mountains? He's teaching his disciples. They've been with him for almost three and a half years, and he's still teaching them about who he is and what we can do, what they could do, what we can do too if we have that faith that it takes. Verse 24, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. How do we pray? How do we pray? If it's your will. But how do, how do we pray? What did he teach the disciples about prayer? Our Father, who art in heaven, holy is your name. He's not praying. He's teaching them how to pray. We pray to, Je we pray to, to Jesus. Where's Jesus? Where's Christ at? He's sitting at the right hand of the throne of God, making intercession for you and for me. We pray to Him. The Father hears those prayers because He knows everything. But we pray to Christ and He makes intercession for us. We normally, we don't always, but we normally close our prayers in Jesus' name. Where's the Holy Spirit in all of this? He's indwelling us. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, He's probably nudging you. When we have times of need, He's our comforter. Does He hear our prayers? Absolutely, because He's God. But we pray to Christ who makes intercession for, for us to Him. But He says, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, 
believe that you will receive them and you will have them. It's that believing part. Paul and Silas are in prison. Earthquake happens, the gates get thrown open. Jailer figures, well, they've, done, they've took off, so he's going to kill himself. And they say, no, come here. We're not, we haven't gone anywhere. And he said, what must I do to be saved? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. You and your household. It'd make it real tough. Verse 27, then, they came again to Jerusalem, and as he was walking in the temple, the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders came to him, and they said to him, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you the authority to do these things? They're questioning his authority. What's his answer? I also will ask you one question, then answer me, and I will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, was it from heaven or from men? Answer me. And what'd they say? They, re they reasoned, now they're thinking, they're scratching their heads a little bit, among themselves, if we say from heaven, he will say, why then did you not believe him? But if we say from men, they fear the people, for all counted John to have seen a prophet indeed. So they answered and said to Jesus, We do not know. And Jesus answered and said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. They didn't understand who he was. They knew he had power, but they didn't know who he was. I'm not going to go through all of these. I challenge you this week to, to take this list and read through this passage. Uh, these, these passages, it's a little bit every day, but it talks about his authority uh, concerning the Jewish nation, concerning taxes, concerning resurrection, concerning the great commandment. Uh, let's, let's go there. Uh, Mark chapter 12, verse 28. Then one of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning together, perceived that he had answered them well, Ask him, which is the first commandment of all? And most of us know this. Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second like it is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And so the scribe said to him, Well said, teacher, you have spoken the truth. For there is one God, and there is no other but he. And to love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, with all your soul, with all your strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself is more than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And Jesus saw that they had answered wisely and said to them, You are not far from the kingdom of God. But after that, no one dared question him. Then he goes on and answers about his deity, talks about pride, talks about giving, and concerning the future. And you notice I put verse 32 and 33 of Mark chapter 13. 
in parentheses there, I thought, uh, back up to verse 30, Surely I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. But on that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Take heed, watch and pray, for you do not know when the time is. Is that not, does that ever struck you as being funny, different, confusing? That not even the sun knows the day nor the hour? That only the Father does? You know, if you're listening to these TV guys and they're telling you the Lord's coming back on May 22nd this year, you might not want to listen to them because I guarantee they're going to miss the mark. We keep hearing over and over, what's well, next year or the year after? What was it? 2000 was supposed to be the big, when everything was going to end. And there's been several other predictions, but no one knows. But of that that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. And then what does he tell us to do? He says, take heed, watch, and pray. Is prayer an important part of our lives? If you study through this, you'll find out he says quite a bit about prayer in this section in his last week here on earth. We see Mary in, in chapter 14, verse 1 uh, through 11. Uh, Mary takes... Anybody know how much oil she, she poured on Jesus' feet, what it would have cost? Verse 5 says, where it might have been sold... Now, what are they thinking about? Oh, man, it's that money stuff. She's pouring his money down. Could have been sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor, and they criticized her sharply. She poured out one year's wages at that time is the estimate of the value of that that she poured out. She must have been real wealthy, huh? Or did she recognize who she was honoring. Yeah. And I got to believe, I, I don't know, but I got to think who that might have been that was concerned about that money. Mm-hmm. Then in verse 12, we go into the, about his betrayal. And... We see that Judas betrayed the king for some silver coins. That's why I think that it was Judas that says, well, why didn't we sell that instead of pouring it out? Because he was obviously concerned about money. But we go through his betrayal, we go through the Last Supper. 
next week we are going to we're going to have communion during our Easter service next week because we're celebrating the resurrection. This is the institution where communion was instituted. He knew in chapter 14, verse 22, and they were eating. Jesus took bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to them and said, Take, eat. This is my body. Then he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they drank from it. And he said, This is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for many. Surely I say to you, I will no longer drink of the fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it in the next the new in the kingdom of God. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Some of you think it's a little weird that we get together after communion on Sunday and we stand down here holding hands and we sing a closing song. But that's what they did. They took the bread, they took the cup, they sang a song, and they went out. Then the walk to Gethsemane. Who's with him? His 12 closest people, the people that are closest to him. How close were they? What did he tell them to do? When they went up, when they went up, what, what were they supposed to do? Watch and pray. And what did they do? Took a nap. Not once. Over and over. He's going to the cross. He's told them he's going to be killed. And he asked them to watch and pray. And they couldn't do that. When we, we, some of you noticed that your seats were moved this morning. Ray, you're going to have to figure out which is your seat. But, but we, we added some chairs in because my prayer is that next week you will invite friends and family members to the service. A lot of music, communion, some scripture. Some, we're going to open God's word and look at that. But next week is one of, the only, one of only two weeks that most people go to church. Christmas and Easter, they'll, they'll come through a church door. We added chairs. There's 98 chairs, I think. Would love to see 98 people in. I'd love to have to put more chairs down here. We got more to put in. I'm just not sure where we would put them. So that we can share the beauty, even though it was a horrible, horrible scene, Christ on the cross. And when they, I'm not sure I can get the right one. Let's see. Nope. Nope. Did you move these? <gasps> there it is. 
we were wondering if the kids were going to come in and see if there were candy in them, but there's not. When they took the spear and they pierced his side and he bowed his head said it is finished. He gave his life on the cross for you and for me. And next week when we celebrate resurrection we can explain that we're going to do a lot of that through music, but explain to people that he went to the cross. Was, he was crucified for our sins. Took the sin, our sins on his body. So that we might have life. We talked a little bit in Sunday school this morning about a guy that was on TV last night that was being interviewed. They put a gun to his head and said, we're going to kill you. And he said, go ahead. Pretty much said, go ahead. I know where I'm going. He said, if you kill me, I'm going to a better place. He was not afraid to die. Anybody know the name Cassie Burnell? Kind of ancient history, but it's not really that ancient history. Columbine was a young lady that they put a gun to her head and said, deny that you're a Christian. Deny your faith. She said, I will not do that. And they shot her. Mike shared this morning about ISIS, where they're, they're gathering Christians up around the world, and they're telling them, denounce your faith in Christ. And when they refuse, they're being killed. We, we don't even know the tip of the iceberg of what's happening around the world as far as Christians being persecuted. But to stand true to what you know about Christ's birth, his death, and his resurrection. That's what next Sunday is about, is about his resurrection and what we can look forward to coming back for us. Wouldn't it be neat if it was on an Easter Sunday morning? Some of you are like, well, let's see. Ham's in the oven. Won't matter. It won't, that, that won't matter at all. My last church, we talked for several years about putting resurrection boxes in the foyer of the church that had a Bible and some tracts that said, that told people about where everybody went to. And we we're going to leave them in the foyer. In case you show up and there's nobody here, take this box. It'll give you an answer to where they went. Because people don't know. People don't understand. It could happen any moment. The Lord's return could happen before we're done here this morning. I think it'd be cool. We wouldn't have to go dig anymore, Dave. <laughs> Mary, there's not much floor left for him to fall through anymore, so we wouldn't have to worry about that. But no more pain, no more sorrow, no more mourning. Be in the presence of God. There's power in the blood. That's why we pick some of those songs. I love that. There's power in the blood. The blood that was shed for you and me on that cross so long ago has the power to save.
challenge you to read this this week. It'll take you right up through his burial. And then I got to ask, y'all, y'all are really smart people. Who counted the eggs this morning? How many are there, Kathy? Eleven. I knew somebody would. So that means there's something wrong with this carton of eggs, isn't there? There's one missing, right? And every one of these has something to do with what you're going to read this week. But the one that's missing will appear next week. Let's pray. Father, it's our desire that if there's someone here this morning that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, they've never accepted that free gift. It was not, it's free for us, not free for you. you. Your son came to die on that cross for us so that we might have eternal life. Father, I pray for the service next week that there will be many here that need to hear the truth of the word. Father, that we might see the re- your return soon. We don't know the day nor the hour. We don't even want to guess. But from everything that we can see, our prayer has come quickly, Lord Jesus. But Father, today, if someone in here is not sure if that day would be today where they will spend eternity, we know there's only, there's only two choices, accepting that, that gift and eternal life or with you or a life separated from you uh, in hell. And Father, it would be our desire that no one would walk out of here today not knowing you as their Lord and Savior. And I just pray that this week you will put people in our path that need to hear the truth of the word and that we will be bold in sharing with those that we come in contact with. And we just pray this in your most precious and holy name. Amen.